good nutrition is when the body gets all the food that it needs to do the work that it has to do. People don't equate the good food with, with good health, and that's extraordinary. People tell you all about a good meal and the good food they eat, but they don't equate it to good health. People don't think of being healthy because of the food they eat, um, and that's interesting. But they think health is a, a luxury that we is bestowed on us. And indeed it isn't. We have to work at our own good health. And it starts with the food you eat. It's like the fuel. You wouldn't drive your car with um, lanolin in it or with um, half-baked petrol. And if we put water in the petrol, it doesn't even work. But, you know, we water down our food all the time and finish up with a, a lot of non-nutritious food. Um, you can't eat a curl of pasta a day unless you're exercising. And that's what that book says, the gentleman that said, if you're going to run around Australia, you could eat a kilo of pasta a day. Well, sure, are you going to run around Australia? I'm not. I walk upstairs and downstairs and, and very little else. If I eat a kilo of pasta a day, I soon won't fit in the chair. And that's part of today's problem. A lot of people who no longer fit in a chair. It doesn't matter if you read six different glossy magazines, you'll get six things that you can't eat, six different things that you can't eat and six sickly, sickly, glossy, sugar-laden recipes in the back of the same magazine. It's an interesting dilemma when we see the role that magazines play in people's lives. Um, no, I, I don't have any problem with eggs. As I said in, in the film, we, uh, an egg is perfect food. An egg is the most, the most like every human cell in the body. And so if we're talking about perfect food, it's got to be an egg. It has cholesterol in it, of course, as does every cell in our body. The energy in our cell creates cholesterol. When it's broken down, it creates the problem with cholesterol. Without it, you've got no energy. If your cholesterol gets too late, you're like norm. You're too tired to move. The other thing that is there is in a cell is lecithin, or the essential fatty acids that break down the cholesterol so it can be uh, got rid of in the body. Now an egg comes with the same thing, it's very high in cholesterol but it also does come balanced with lecithin and that's why we would say, yes you can. I would say to you, a lot of people would say, I don't eat eggs, but sure they eat a chocolate or they eat ice cream or they eat um, cream cheese cakes and, um, and croissants and all of those things and they're much, much higher in cholesterol than in cholesterol causing fats, with cholesterol causing fats than an egg would ever be. It needs to be a pattern. Uh, we need to wake up in the morning, feel hungry, have a meal, go and do a good morning's work, being a reliable member of staff, and then a good lunch, some protein, a little carbohydrate, something fresh, and then you'll get through the afternoon. If you have a bicky and a cup of tea in the afternoon, it's fine. And if you're trying to lose weight, a bicky even with a piece of cheese on it in the afternoon is fine. It's because in the afternoon we go into that low, especially kids when they come home from school or us after work, you've paid attention all day and suddenly you go to that low and that's a good time to have not necessarily a savoury biscuit, we're a bit inclined to eat a lot if we get the appetite going, but a nice big lump of cheese on a sweet bicky is a good way to do it. You get the hit of sugar in your head to um, give you a lift in your energy and the cheese will keep your tummy working and full for a little while longer. The four foods are essential. Um, we have to have some of the four foods every day and at every meal. And the four foods are fruit and vegetables from which we get our vitamins, minerals and bulk. 
carbohydrates from which we get our energy and they should be more less refined so it's not the cakes and the bickies and the buns we're not talking about those they're valueless foods um, and then there's the proteins and there's your there in the old days it used to be fried they separated dairy from meat but collectively now the, your protein foods which rebuild body cells now that's the take-home message we're only as good when we get to be 80 as the protein we ate way back then and so people who aren't eating enough protein now will be sicker sooner will be senile sooner or will be dead sooner you've got three choices and for a lot of people that senility is really where they get to they lose their memories people get older they lose their memory now brain cells are built with protein in exactly the same way yet people say i'm brain tired and i've got no i just can't and i can't remember and all of these other things and you find they're just on highly refined diets and give themselves a, a tremendous lift with sugary things and it doesn't build brain cells doesn't build body cells doesn't build sound babies a lot of families do they just have the breads and the bickies and the buns and the pasta and the rice and and valueless food it's meant to fill up your belly and you can really have and i say very seriously at every meal about as much carbohydrate as you can fit in your hand so if you can stuff two bits of bread in there you can have two bits of bread if you can put in a good sized potato you can have a good sized potato at dinner if you put that much pasta or rice in there and then cook it then you'll have plenty of pasta and rice too it's because people have great big pasta meals with a little bit of vegetable on them that they go to bed hungry and tired and cranky and start eating rubbish as soon as they finish their dinner it's the greatest misconception of course i had cause to send a, a leaflet off to uh, the minister for health and uh, one of her people sent me back a letter saying thank you for your nice little book and uh, very toy and very nice but we know that all australians eat enough protein well i've got news for her all australians don't that's um, the biggest myth there is. We all say everybody eats too much protein. I had one friend who said we eat about 120 grams a day. Well, what's 120 grams? Do you know? Do you know how much you eat? Do you know how to count it? Do you know what constitutes protein? People think it's meat. Steak is what protein is. Well, sure it is. And um, two nice chops, a piece of steak as big as my hand, normal serve of roast lambs, about 25 grams of protein. And what you need is 50 grams a day. If you don't eat meat, then you have to do the vegetarian bit very, very cleverly or you don't get enough protein. And so you need a little protein for breakfast, a little protein for lunch, and a bit more for your main meal of the day, wherever you have it. Otherwise, you don't get enough. And those figures aren't my figures. I didn't make up this protein game. Um, the World Health Organization says one gram per kilogram of normal body weight the Americans say 0.8 of a gram per kilo and the Australian figures have only just come out and they say 0.75 of a gram of normal healthy body weight. So that gets most of us to fairly comfortably somewhere between 50 and 60. If you're pregnant or teenagers in their massive growth period need about 70 grams. What the pregnant mum is doing is building her own little bundle of protein and the baby will take what it wants because um, it's a parasite from day one. It will take from the mother's body what it needs. And this is why mums are so tired and frazzled and so short of energy and come out of it losing teeth and hair and all of those other vital bits because they didn't nurture the baby protein-wise. It is just a bundle of water and protein. 
And so it's terribly important to understand that. And teenage kids, when you've got a growing boy who goes from four foot ten to nearly six foot in a 12-month 12 12 period, if you're not feeding him enough protein, you're being a delinquent parent. It's a time when kids need protein most, and it needs first-class protein, not junk. A lot of boys I know run around high as kites and hopeless fools because uh, they're living on junk food. They're hungry. They're hungry. They need feeding. You don't give them a couple of little chops. You give them four bit little chops or a decent-sized piece of meat and extra cheese and uh, milkshakes and sort of things that will build a sound body. I've watched kids go from four foot ten to six foot two in 12-month period and, and have all sorts of problems. And if the parents, of course, come to me, the kid's fine because I put them on a good-size protein diet. They can settle down as they get to their full growth and get back to that 50, 60 grams, but terribly important for parents not to um, let the kids just eat out of the biscuit barrel when they get to that massive growth period. If your belly's full, you don't go looking for food. I don't look for food between meals, and if I do, I eat it. And if I wanted a square of chocolate, I'd eat it. But I'd never eat a chocolate bar. I mean, that's just, you either wear that on your bottom or wear it in your arteries. You've got two choices. And so nothing is a no-no. If you've got a good gut and a good digestion, then you can eat anything. You don't have to worry about mixes and fillers and fatters and some now and some later and don't do this and don't do that. I mean, I'd go batty trying to work out my food mixes. Um, the human body really could get rid of a tin can if you could get it past your teeth in your mouth. The hydrochloric acid in our gut is so powerful. So if you've got a good digestive system and get good hydrochloric acid happening, you can digest anything. And so it doesn't matter how you mix it, what you've got to do is make sure that it's always good food. And as I say, you can eat downtown. There's plenty of good food out there in fantasy land to eat. You just have to know what you're looking for. And if you can tell a good salad, you can tell what a piece of meat is, you can choose fruit, you can see what's gluggy and soft and squashy. You get a lot of people who go to a party and they have the potato salad and the other salad and some other salad and they've all got sauces and glug in them and they go away with a pile of food that would make you sick to look at and, and they'll be hungry in a little while anyhow and they'll be fatter. I mean, the common sense of eating three good meals a day I can take a stone and a half off a fat lady in a week if she'll eat properly. Most fat people just don't eat properly. They're very defensive about it, but they really don't eat properly. We should all exercise because that's part of good health. First, we need to eat real food three times a day. Then we need to exercise. Then we need to sleep well, and we'll do that better if we exercise better and we eat properly. Um, and we need to have a positive attitude and all of those things are what good health are about. But for people who jog themselves into the ground and then go and have a couple of beers or a piece of chocolate cake is a joke. You've got to jog a lot further than a piece of than, than around the block for a piece of chocolate cake. And I've seen people who walk for half an hour a day and then go out for afternoon tea or for supper and eat a couple of bits of cake because they walk this afternoon. I mean, it defeats the purpose. If you're walking for good health, that's fine. But if you're walking so you can have a chocolate or a bit of cake tonight, it's a joke. It, it doesn't work. It's not what it's all about. A vegetarianism is fine. Uh, if you're not going to eat meat, then you have to do the vegetarian bit correctly. And the vegetarian bit is to know how to count vegetarian vegetable protein. Um, I have patients all the time coming to me and say, 
I'm tired, I've got no energy. Um, I eat well, but I've got no energy. So if we sit and count their protein, you'll find, of course, they're all short of protein. Most Australians are short of protein, contrary to popular myth. But if you get a vegetarian who comes in and says, I don't eat meat and I don't want to talk about blood and all that stuff, I just eat vegetables. Um, if you eat just vegetables and seeds and nuts and grains, you'll perish because the true protein comes in your beans and peas and lentils and so on. The pulses, legumes, they've called a that come with many collective names. But yes, you need to learn how to do that and do it properly. For a lot of people, they're too tired and it's too late in the day and it's more fiddly. Organically grown food's great, it's just there's very little of it about. It's sort of a bit mythical in a lot of cases. Um, you're very lucky if you can get the real organic stuff. M most organic food sort of um, gets to be blotty and scratchy and funny shaped and not very, very attractive. So shops are reluctant to serve, sell it and often you'll find that the, the uh, organic food that you buy is not truly organic. If you get great, lovely, strong, unmarked bits of food, you can rest assured it's not too organic. It's stuff you grow in your own garden, of course, you keep the slugs and the snails and the bits off and cut off the holes and cut out the bits in the tomatoes and don't worry, but you can't do that in a shop. I bought some organic apples one day and they were awful. They looked too ugly, nearly even to eat. And it's sure they were organic, but it wasn't attractive food at all. So there's organic and there's organic. Mm. Most of the good herbs are to improve your digestion. So uh, anything that improves your digestion is, is a great asset. I don't use a lot of herbs in cooking because I cook fairly simple, fresh food. But yes, there are always garnishes, like a little bit of uh, parsley I would always put in my scrambled egg. The salads are improved by adding parsley and uh, chives and bergamot and so that there's a whole range of beautiful flavours you can do. But you find that most people use herbs as a garnish and it goes in the bin. It always staggers me how many people take a bit of parsley off their food and leave it on the plate and uh, it goes in the bin. O often even the pretty, um, the decorative bit of lettuce and tomato and trim on the side people eat the big sandwich or the big focaccia up the middle and leave that lovely little bit of salad on the side. Great pity, focaccias are just too much bread for the average person. It's just obscene to watch somebody eat a great big double lot of focaccia. And it's great pity too because especially as uh, we've got a problem with weight anyhow. Um, I'm not going to say the disease now, am I? Um, yes, the disease where they can't eat dairy is um, it's important not to have it. It really makes them violently ill. And, and so you don't eat it. And if you find that you've got that intolerance, for a lot of people they've grown up not liking dairy, they don't necessarily have an intolerance. And for a lot of people who are sinus sufferers, um, and half the world suffers from sinus, and those people have trouble with, with dairy products, especially because of the yucky stuff that drains down the back of their throat and their lungs. But, uh, are often made much worse for milk. You'll find when you've got a cold or flu yourself you have trouble dealing with milk that feels mucus in your throat. So people who live in that yucky sinus world have trouble and certainly asthmatics have trouble usually. Not that they can't digest it but getting it down creates this whole mucus membrane problem. So.
Oh, well, a lot of them use soy milk. A lot of them have nothing. A lot of them eat other foods, and so they don't have um, to have, have the milk. And a lot of people don't eat milk, drink milk, but they eat cheese, and they eat milk in, in foods. They just don't drink milk products. A lot of good food that's fast food and a lot of very bad food. The bad part of fast food is that Everything's raised with sugar now. The buns and the cakes and things are all raised with sugar. In the old days, when we made bread, we raised them with yeast. These days, they use sugar so that your buns and your bread are now more like cake. So if you take a piece of meat and a bit of dead flat cheese and put it in a sugary bun, you've got addiction. You've got something that's as addictive as heroin because you've put the sugar in food inside of sugar. If you ask kids to line up in a queue to get a bit of meat and a bit of dead cheese, they wouldn't come. If you put it in the sugar bun, same as truckies. Truckies need that sugar head. And so they'll go and have four or five big hamburgers or they'll eat a pile of greasy, tasteless food. A lot of people eat the chips and miss the fish. You know, you should eat the fish and miss the chips. And I say to people all the time, give me four or five chips. And they say, oh, I can't do that. Well, of course they can. They can pick up five chips and put them with my bit of fish. What they're saying is I can't charge you if I give you five. Well, I'd happily pay my dollar for five rather than give me a great big packet one that people will eat or I throw in the bin. It's just dopey. It's like a half a piece of cake when you go out. You know, if I go and have some coffee and cake, I don't want a wedge of cake that's enough to put me in the cemetery about 10 years sooner than I want to go. I want a little sliver, but you try buying a sliver of some nice cake, it's like, Oh, too hard basket. So I buy a big piece of cake and I cut off the sliver I want and I leave the rest to go in the bin. It's grossly wasteful. It'd be worse if I ate it. I'd be fat as and fit in the chair. Sugar, it's a great pity. I see a lot of fat people running around with their little sugar tablets to sweeten up their drinks. If you can't have a drink without a sugar tablet in it, you should not have a drink. You don't need some sugar in your food if, you, if you're eating properly. If you eat a really good sound meal and then finish up with a little bit of fresh fruit or something, then you don't need sugar in your drinks. It can make no case for sugar at all. Nobody could say one reason why, why people need sugar. Not one reason at all. In fact, most of our modern Western diseases come about from our, our consumption of sugar. Certainly our obesity and our heart disease and a lot of the bowel and stomach diseases are from that overconsumption of sugar, and that's well and truly recorded. It's not something that is my hobby horse that's out there to be found easily. I've heard people say, oh, dirty smokers, I'd never smoked in my life, blah, 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 and then put three spoons of sugar in their tea. Well, for me, their health is just as much at stake as the man who smokes. The sugar's incredibly bad for us. People who've got bad breath all the time are sugar eaters. The people who've got bad breath have poor digestion. Um, yeah, there's a lot of clues of where the sugar eaters are. And of course, if you let your kids become addicted to sugar, if you feed kids properly, they don't need sugar. You know, they don't need 17 lollies in a day if they've had a decent, three decent meals. And then if they do want a lolly, you let them have two or three or five or whatever a quota is and then they don't have any more. I mean, it, it, I say over and over again, be the parent, be the boss, be the grown-up one. We don't need to learn from a three-year-old how to behave. They need to learn from us.
<laughs> it's hard to get through to parents. Uh, thin people need salt, and and people who work in the heat need salt. And uh, in the summertime, we all should have tomato juice for lunch because when we sweat, it's our salt we lose too. Every cell in the body is potassium, is bathed in potassium and sodium. And so that whole potassium and sodium balance is the most precious thing we do all the time. If you don't keep a balance, then they put you in hospital and give you a grip to balance it. And so that balance we need. So a little salt's fine. And as I say, if you have veggie salt on your egg for breakfast and some veggie salt on your veggies for dinner at night, then that's not too much salt. It's the person who cooks their vegetables in salt and then adds salt and then uses salt at the table. The people who gave salt its bad name in the first place. And that's how all of we grew up. My family did all those three processes of salt. They wouldn't now because we've all come a long way and we know not to do it. But um, no, that little bit of salt after food is cooked is not a problem. And food is better for having salt in it. There's, there, are, there are figures of what we need. I think it's something like 30 grams a day. I'm not sure that that's right, but there's a figure of what we do need to add to our diet. And there's no figures for sugar. No figures anywhere for sugar. <laughs> but there is for sodium. Per serving of delicious vegetarian food, it probably cost you anything up to $2 a serving for meat. It can be cheaper if you do stews and chops and things, but it can be dearer if you go to the dearer meats. Fish in the fish markets is, you know, you can have a piece of mullet or some whiting fillets or something for a dollar, and that's seven nights a week, great food for somewhere between a dollar and two dollars per person is seven to fourteen dollars for your major protein. I mean, it's a joke. People spend a fortune on toilet rolls and paper towels and tissues and dog food, you know the biggest selling item of all in every supermarket in the whole wide world, bar none, is dog food. The biggest selling item in every supermarket is dog food. And they did it, the, the, the results came out just recently from England and they said now it's a fact. Um, they had something like, and I'm guessing the figures now, $23 billion a year spent on dog food in England and $7 billion spent on children's food. That's a big difference, seven to $23 billion on dog food. I mean, so much of the dog food's rubbish in here, but constipated, smelly, yucky dogs, because they should be eating meat. What I would suggest to people is they go back to cooking food. Um, I don't care much for the, chuck it in the microwave and give it a bit of a crunch up. I think people need to get back to cooking soups and stews and um, meat and veggies and curries and and proper food, I think the, the easier we make it, the less likely it's to be valuable. And I think we really need to, uh, I, I really don't, uh, uh, this is sad to end on a sad note, but I really don't think there's anything but going down with food at the moment. I said to you, I wrote to government and said, we should do something about the food situation. And they wrote back and said, all Australians, we think Australians do eat enough protein. I've got news for them, we don't, we don't, we don't. Most people don't know what they, what protein is, how you count it or how much they have.